Flash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, thank you, Marie, and thank you, everyone, for joining us on today's Living Your Dash podcast, the podcast that helps you to connect the dots of discipleship. And so uh, today's podcast is going to be a little different, uh, really special, because uh, I'm not... Um, Rick, it's not just you and me. That's today. right. We have a special guest That's today. That's right. And who is our special guest? This is Kenny Lewis, the worship pastor at Grace. Great yes. to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Amen. Yes, sir. So we have, you know, we have three pastors here who can talk about something that that we do once a week, and that is to gather for corporate worship. And you know, I actually i got I got the opportunity. So Rick foolishly let me have uh, this past Sunday uh, to let me just uh, talk about anything I want. And I I said, "Oh, Rick, I've got something in the cylinder right now. It's called for the love of God, sing." And and then I had to do some confession on Sunday, and I let people know about it. That really was more out of a, 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 a an irritation. So and, and I and I I've been learning. I can't just be a curmudgeon. In my life, and so I didn't want to do a curmudgeon sermon. But as I thought about it, there are some things that are important and near and dear to my heart. <clears throat> and by the way, you can find that message on RoswellGrace.com. And so, anyway, I talked about why singing is a command and that it is good for us, uh, good for all of us, and it's important to God. Yeah, and uh, by the way, it was not foolish of me after all, because Sean did a very wise sermon, and I do. Listen, you need to go (laughs) roswellgrace.com forward slash watch, watch the sermon, listen to the sermon. It it has an essential, not an optional message, Sean. Uh, What you talked about is absolutely essential for the body of Christ. But now one thing that you said that that, uh, caught me off guard, because, Sean, you have a great voice. You love to sing. I've heard you sing many different places, many different ways. But uh, you said that uh, you don't sing at home. Yeah. Now, why, <laughs> why is that? So, in, in case, I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, but but I, I it's, there's a part of me, and I, and I mentioned this in the message, that, that I, I really am a little ashamed of my voice. You know, it's, I don't want, I don't want somebody to, I have in my mind if someone hears what I sound like and it's not perfect, uh, that it's they're going to think, "Ooh, that was terrible. That was bad." And so, even with my wife, whom I love and loves me unconditionally, it's like, do I go around the house singing like Snow White? I do not. I that's just not something I do. Uh, I tried to, I tried to express though that that uh, that I do when I'm with everybody else. I, I, it's like I'm liberated to be somebody different. Right, and absolutely, and I mean, you, do, is, do you think there's something to that? I agree. I'm the same way. I, I'm, you know, we're always the biggest critics of our own talents. Yeah, and we record all of our services, and I go back and listen to what I did, and you can be very, very super hypercritical because, for one thing, both of us have trained in our voices. Right, we've done this for a long time, <clears throat> and so we can hear these little bitty nuances. But the thing is, most people can't hear it. And so for us, we're hearing these little bitty things that really set us off. Oh, I can't. Oh, I don't know. That's not perfect. It's not really what it, But most people can't hear it. 99% of the people out there can't hear what we hear. Yeah. And so, um, but I am like you too, though. When I'm at home, I don't necessarily walk around the house singing either. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's kind of, it is kind of funny that you said that. I mean, that's a great point. 
Yeah, well, I, I think for me, again, it, it, it comes to that, like, I, and maybe it's that, that perfectionism that, that I, I kind of dive into, and, and that, not a perfectionism in a good way, but that, that unfortunate sinful training that I've received, that if I don't do something right, then I'm going to be judged for it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, Kenny, you, we've talked about this before for yep. on your point of view, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, I don't want to speak. So, just chime in, right? Okay. Anything that, that you feel like we've talked about. Um, but I think that um, I was uh, I was a little convicted after that day. I, so I made the conviction. I thought, well, I need to do something. And I, in times past, I remember using hymns. I, I would get a hymn book, and I would, just as a matter of a spiritual discipline during my quiet times, I would involve a hymn. And that's a wonderful thing to do. But I was always by myself. And, uh, uh, but when my kids were around, when Brenda was around, I, I didn't want to do that. And so, so I thought, no, I, I, can't, I can't preach about this and not do it. So the other day, I, even, even though Brenda was in the house, and you know the funny thing is she didn't judge me at all. I mean that was that was kind of nice. So yeah. all right. Well, okay. Well, we'll just kind of move on. Unless Rick, you got anything to say? No, there? no, that's good. Okay. All right. But anyway, or no, no, Kenny, you were going to say something. That way. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, I thought I thought it was interesting that you pointed out that uh, we're a purpose-built praise machine, um, and I think that's exactly right. You talked about like our bone structures and the way. Uh, the way our faces are designed to actually project our voices. It's, right. it's designed as an amplifier to project our voices. You did a very good job on that. You also talked about all the benefits singing has that I don't think we consider all the time when we sing. So remind us of some of those again. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, you know, I thought it was really interesting that singing, uh, it actually boosts our immune system. It reduces stress levels. It even has... Uh, like an analgesic effect, uh, and so I've I've read other documents about how that works. Um, singing releases endorphins, uh, particularly the hormone uh, oxytocin. They call it the love hormone uh, because it alleviates anxiety and stress, as well as enhancing feelings of of trust and bonding. And so, um, uh, singing also lessens those feelings of depression uh, and loneliness, which. I think adds on to why, why is it important that, that we sing at church and why is it why has it become important an important part of well ever since the beginning I mean who, who made the human body who made the human mind to be able to do this God did uh, and uh, I find it interesting that that karaoke bars why are they so popular right where people get together and they they sing and and they just they have a great time. And churches, we get together, we sing, and we have a, a great time, except for a very different reason. So, Rick, any thoughts there? Yeah. You, you know, one thing that hits me, you mentioned about uh, karaoke bars. It, <laughs> it, uh, you're, you're right. You know, God, think about this. And you brought it up at the end of your sermon, Sean, about we have an enemy. Right. And, and whatever God wants us to do for our benefit... Satan does not want us to do for our detriment. Yeah. And right. think about this. God created us to sing. And you you brought it out that he created us to sing emotionally and spiritually, even physically. We're created to sing. So if you're the enemy of God, Satan, uh, uh, Sean, if you're the enemy and you're Satan, the last thing you want is for people to sing. Yeah. 
And so uh, this applies to everybody, but it's just a theory of mine, but it is especially relevant for men. Mm. It concerns me deeply when I look across the auditorium and I see men not singing. Mm. On any typical Sunday, I can look across husband, wife, and and two two boys. Uh, saw it just two weeks ago. Husband, wife, their two sons. The wife is singing. The husband is not singing. Guess what? The two boys are not singing. Wow! They're learning from dad. Yeah. So if if I'm God's enemy, I don't want people to sing, and I especially do not want men to sing. So. Here's here's my theory in a nutshell. I believe that early on in a boy's life, he hears Satan's lie, the great deceiver. And here's here's Satan's lie in one phrase. Real men don't sing at church. Oh, man. Yeah. And that is a lie of Satan. Real men don't sing at church. And so boys pick it up from Satan whispering it in their ear. And they pick it up by looking at their dad and go, oh, my dad's a real man. He doesn't sing. Well, I guess singing is for women. Mm. Now, that is a major problem that men need to overcome. And so how do you overcome it? I don't. This coming Sunday, I don't care how you feel, sing. Right. That's right. Just sing and realize I am going to defeat Satan and I'm going to defeat his lie I'm going to sing. Amen. Amen. Kenny, any, any thoughts on there? I, I think it's exactly right. And and you touched upon this in your sermon, too. I think one of the ways that the enemy uh, stops us from singing is the enemy makes us focus on ourselves. And you <laughs> said it's not about you. It's true. It's about God. And when you focus on yourself, when you're worried about, I don't sound good, I don't sing well, uh, this feels weird, this feels awkward, what you're saying is, I, 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 I don't feel, I don't like, I don't want, but it's not about you. And we do this every single week. We do worship every single week. And there are some weeks that, that when we walk up there to lead worship, I don't feel like leading worship because mm. I do it all the time. But I guarantee when we're in it, when we're doing it, and afterwards, <laughs> I feel I feel a hundred percent better yeah. every time. It, it 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 happens every time. It's it's amazing. That's yeah. so yeah. Absolutely. So when so when it's when it's I I I, it's really idolatry. Exactly. Did yeah. you catch that? I did. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. You, it, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad Cam brought. I'm glad you brought that up because you know the definition of of agape love, biblical love, is acting in another person's best interest regardless oh. of how. I feel. Yeah. So Sunday morning, you don't feel like worshiping. What do you do? Well, I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like singing. Who cares how you feel? That's right. You're going to let your feelings control your life. That's right. Well, I don't feel like going to work. Well, you're going to get fired. That's right. I don't. Fe- <laughs> I don't feel like uh, you know changing my baby's diaper. Well, how loving is that? That's right. So love says you 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 can't be controlled by your feelings. So you get up and what do you do? You say. I'm going to love God, and I'm going to love God's people by singing, whether I feel like it or not. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then I think about one of the scriptures I pointed out, and Rick, I mean, you all but told me, hey, don't forget to bring in that, that Ephesians Ephesians passage. 5.19. Yeah, about how we're to sing to one another, sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to each other. And and I, I recall another message that, that you said that love will do something for somebody regardless of cost or consequence to myself. And so if I'm going to love Kenny, if I'm going to love the neighbor to my left or or the person behind me, I want to sing the songs of the Lord so that if only to remind them 
uh, of, of something or uh, to bring in sometimes you know the songs you pick Kenny honestly bring a little conviction to me and and for, and I'm so glad because I need those reminders um, those even rebukes you know through songs that sometimes happen you don't say it that way but the Holy Spirit uses those songs right. yeah is that a little weird to think about as a song leader when you when you a worship leader, worship pastor. This is something that you do. Yeah, you know, I I, I love it. I think because when we, we talk about this in our uh, you know, 501 class and we talk about this, Rick said this many times that that what it helps us to do is it realigns us back to zero. You know, as a week we're, mm. we're slowly getting off course a degree at a time, and this gets us right back to zero. It gets us right back on course, even if it's something. That, that reminds us, oh, we didn't do that right, or we didn't do this right. We always want to remember, nobody did it right. None of us have done it right. This is all, this is all, refocusing, reorienting ourselves on Christ. Amen. Yeah. I mean, we say that too. I mean, one of our values is that Jesus will be the focus of our life. Absolutely. And so, you know, we need what you do, and and all. all we're going to get to this in a second. We better hurry. But we, <laughs> you know, the whole team, everyone that sets up the the PowerPoint to uh, running the sound to turning on the lights. I mean, there is a specific process of even turning on the power. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so everything has to work, and uh, a lot of people contribute to that. Okay. In fact, let's just let's just kind of jump into some general questions here. Uh, if you don't mind, so as as we're thinking about the average person that's listening, they're thinking about well, uh, I, I just I just go to church. That's all, right? But I think we might say no. If you're going to do something, do think put some thought and process into it. How would you suggest from the senior pastor and from the worship pastor? How would you suggest that the average person kind of prepare themselves for coming to worship on Sunday? Yeah, uh, let, let me start. I'll, I'll just, from my personal experience, here's what uh, Mary and I, my wife Mary and I do, is we start on Saturday night. We've always started on Saturday night preparing for Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Not just because I'm the preacher, not because my wife used to be a worship direct, a music director and worship leader. Uh, we have found that like on Saturday night, we, we try to get in bed early. We don't. We try not to go out and and just use up a lot of energy. So we we wake up Sunday morning wiped out and tired. So we we start Saturday night. Try to be rested. Uh, I feel like God deserves our best on Absolutely. Sunday morning. Wow! Absolutely. And God's people deserve my best. Yeah. So start Saturday night. And the the second thing <clears throat> that talk about practical. Guys, folks, average church member, be on time. <laughs> this isn't rocket science. Honestly, you know, if you walk in 10 minutes late, that means you've been running and, and rushing and grabbing the kids yeah. and yelling at your wife and you're in the car while she's getting dressed and you're mad as a hornet by the time you get to church. <laughs> yeah. And usually it takes all of church before you settle down. Yeah. Come early. Come early. Don't just be on time. Come early. Imagine, you know, I, I've heard people say, you know, we've tried everything in the world, and we're, we, are, we just cannot get there on time. We're always 10 minutes late. All right, can you imagine, guys, interviewing for a new job, and, and the boss says, man, you got the job, and you're walking out the door, and you say, oh, but now, boss, by the way, 
I've never been able to be on time. I'm always running about 10 or 15 minutes late. I'm sure that's okay with you. Yeah. We would never do that to a boss, and we do it to God every week. We do it to the Lord. So, okay, now, folks out there, listen carefully. This will change your life. If you are habitually 15 minutes late for church, get out of bed 15 minutes (laughs) earlier and be on time. And, you know, seriously, we laugh about it. But to me, it is such a disrespect for Kenny and his worship team that put in hundreds of hours. I'm talking about... Man and woman hours every week when you add it all together, worship team, band, media booth, camera, all of those people, hundreds of hours, and you walk in 15 minutes late, what are you saying? I really don't care about your investment. I don't want to do that. And so uh, I get here early. Matter of fact, I get here real early. So when I get here, I get all my stuff done, get everything ready, and... uh, Matter of fact, if I go in and just sit in the auditorium and listen to them warm up, I just that's part of my worship. That's, true. that's priming my cup <clears throat> for worship. Wow, Kenny, anything else that you would add? Or yeah, I think you know, I, I, I the same with uh, with Rick and Mary, uh, Jennifer and I. We don't go out late on Saturday night. We prepare ourselves starting Saturday night. We found that for us, um, if we start beginning to to think about what we have to do tomorrow, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot, and we want to be there. We want to be present. We want to be energetic, and we want to walk into the church and we want to say, "Who can I serve today? Yeah. Who, who needs a hug today? Who needs me just to shake their hand today?" And so we, uh, I think, I think what Rick said is spot on. And I think one more thing that we would covet, those of us who are on the worship team, is your prayer mm, uh, Saturday night. So good. Pray for us. Uh, ask God to be there. Ask God to to to. Just cover us with his presence as we get ready. Because our goal on Sunday morning is not for you guys to say, it's not for the church to come up and say, oh my gosh, Kenny, what a great job on that solo. We want people to say, I, I love it when people come up and say, that so- I needed to hear that one song you sang today. God spoke to me. I needed to hear that song today. Right. And so that's our goal is to become invisible. And the message is the most important thing. Yeah, you know, two things come to mind in that there's... There's that sense of, of there. there is a spiritual battle going on. And uh, I know from a, whenever I'm on worship team, I, I know sometimes I will have the nastiest fights with Brenda uh, just that morning. Or I will wake up late or something like that. And, I will, and, I'll, and I'm hurrying and I'm rushing and, and I would prefer to have a time that, that's kind of quiet, just leading into it, get my thoughts and my, my mind focused, look over the music one more time. And, you know, Satan wants to make... Your the the average worshiper they're in fact sometimes that's how we think we think I, I want to go to see the show yeah and and that's what I was trying to convey was that Sunday morning is not a show absolutely uh, yeah. as as someone once but you you said this Kenny that that we are we are singing for an audience of one yes that all of us are the choir and that all of us have to give a hundred percent. And uh, it just happens to be the, the, the worship team and you, the praise leader, that's kind of giving us focus like a lens. So if he can make the, if he can crack the lens, I mean, how much more is it easier for other people to get distracted and say, ooh, I heard that false note, or I heard that, that bad note, or oh, they missed the song, or they messed up the words, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, just little petty things like that. Um, and you know, the, I think the other thought was that as... If we're rushing around, if we're not preparing and giving ourselves margin, I mean, you've actually talked about that book. 
you introduced him to the book uh, Margin by Richard Swenson. And what if we did get to bed? bed? Well, I guess that's true. But what if we got to church 10 minutes early and we were we just took things easy that morning, had time to enjoy a cup of coffee with a friend, meet a new friend, and just go in to worship in a, in a relaxed, focused state of mind? If we, if we don't do that, that means, what are we teaching our children? It's like, hurry up, get dressed, we've we got to go to church and love God. Yeah. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's terrible. And I, have, I mean, I have to own up to that, where Sunday mornings, it was all about me getting to church on time, making sure the kids were up out of bed, and me yelling at them. That's terrible. And so all I've taught them is, is religious performance. Yeah. So any other thought there? Should we move on to the next one? We're good. Okay, here's the here's the next question. So I, Psalm 42, or is it Psalm 40? I forget. Psalm 40, uh, David talked about how that that he was in a slimy pit. He was in a in the mud and mire. But God, through God, God put him on a on a rock and gave him a firm place to stand and put a new song in his heart. How do we find those extra ways to to find a new song? That's a question I have for you guys. You know, for me, I, I think one of the best ways, number one, is is hopefully we're worshiping every day. It's not something we wait until Sunday to come yeah. do. And when you're worshiping every day, uh, especially if you're listening to Christian radio, you right. will find a new song, a song that will, something that you've not heard before. Or it could be something you've heard over and over again, but you finally hear that one message that it was trying to, to say to you. Uh, I love getting away. I'm an only child, so I like getting out by myself. And there have been many times when um, I'm on my motorcycle and I see this beautiful, this beautiful mountain vista in front of me, valleys, or or on the water fishing, and then the sun comes up, and a song will pop into my head. It's something I haven't sung in years. Hmm. It's a, a, maybe an old hymn that I grew up singing, or an old song I sang in the youth group. Uh, and that song is new to me because I haven't sung it. I haven't thought about it in years. Wow. Uh, I think that's one of the best. I love doing that, to find a way to find a new song for your heart, a new uh, a new way to worship God. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you think, too, the Bible says, you know, His mercies are, <coughs> are new every morning. Yes. So yeah. when you realize, you know, I, I've really you know, fallen off the wagon this week. And so you come to church and you kind of feel uh, guilty and you feel ashamed. And then you, you, maybe you hear an old, old hymn, yes. you know, like Amazing Grace. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, I, I need God's new mercy. Yeah. So sometimes it's an old song, but it's an old song that has a fresh meaning because of what we have gone through that week. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on this? God could have said anything. He, he could have said, he put a new thought in my head, a hymn of praise to our God or a, a, a poem of praise to my God. But he didn't say that. He said he put a new song in my heart. Why, why do you think God chose singing? as an important medium of praise to himself. Well, it could be because music is so powerful. Absolutely. And we see it in the secular market as well. When, when you go to a secular concert and you see people going wild, yes. going nuts, all these, all these men who can't sing on church Sunday morning, <laughs> you know, they're singing, with, they're singing along with Garth Brooks every word, Absolutely. you know, yeah. to the top of their lungs. But it just showed the power of music. God is God created music. He knows how powerful it is spiritually, physically, emotionally. 
And so of all the things that we need new, I, I think there's nothing like a new song that penetrates a person's heart. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and there I've, I've seen, we've seen <coughs> videos of, um, of elderly folks who, are, who have uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, and they play a song from their past, they play a song from their youth, and the ballerina uh, starts doing her moves. She remembers her moves perfectly, or the singer remembers the aria that they used to sing perfectly. Music is so magical. It is such a gift of God. I yeah. love music because it uses both sides of your brain. It uses all of your brain, but then it's it's... It just—it's your spirit. It's part of your mm. spirit. I well, Sean, you use the word Sunday morning in the sermon, mystical. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is something mystical that means it is inexplicable. Yes. From a human point of view, logical point of view, it doesn't make sense. You can't explain it. You just experience it. Absolutely. It is a mystical experience that God gives us. Yeah, I—I I feel the same way. I feel the same way, and and I—I I just love sometimes in the in the depths of. Of, of, of my own sin or sinful thinking or when I'm, I'm, I am feeling deeply ashamed of something or I wish that I had made a better action or said a better word, it, it is a song that reminds me of God's favor and his love for me. And so God gets pulls me out of that just by a few a few phrases or maybe uh, a melody and it does it, it engages my heart my mind my emotions my body it's amazing okay let's move on because we got to go okay so let's talk about worship because we just did volunteer revolution and and i really that was my intention and i totally messed it up on sunday morning but my intention was to kind of piggyback with volunteer revolution with you know what wh- how do we serve uh, in this capacity in on the worship ministry or on Sunday morning? What, what if the only musical ability I have is, is playing the radio? <laughs> <laughs> got, any, got any answers for me? Absolutely. You know, there, there, are many, um, there are many jobs that we do that don't require a musical ability or a musical talent. Or uh, maybe you have a burgeoning talent and you're not necessarily ready for what we do. There, there are, I would love. There's so many places that you could plug in. We have uh, in the sound booth. If you're, if you have great concentration and you can, uh, and you can follow along through the songs. You can, you can help us with our slides or our video mixing, where we we go from camera to camera. You could help us with being a camera operator. Um, we we also have folks that help us serve communion. We do that every single week. I love doing communion every week, remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so we have to have a team that prepares it. We have right. to have a team that sets it up. And then we have to have a team that uh, takes all that uh, and puts everything away and cleans everything. Right. Um, we have we have many, many <clears throat> uh, openings for folks that, that if you're wanting to serve, I guarantee we can find a place for you. Or the sound booth, you could run sound for us. Mm. We're always looking for people uh, who love music. Maybe you can't sing, maybe you can't play, but you can hear music well. We can use you on the sound booth. Many places. So, you know, Rick, I, mean, I, I think that what, what Kenny's saying, I mean, really the person that cleans out the communion cup is as important as the person that's actually leading the song. I mean, and it's and center, literally center stage. I mean, am I right in that? Well, you think about it. What would happen Sunday morning when uh, we invite people to come to the table to, uh, to celebrate the communion meal? They get up there, and it hasn't been prepared. The cups are empty, and there's no wafers in the dish. Uh, can you imagine what would happen at that moment? It yeah. would be, I mean, people would be disappointed. They'd be, let, they'd be confused. Mm-hmm. And absolutely every part, every part of Sunday morning 
uh, is intricate. I always remember uh, just a, a great uh, sound operator at church <laughs> told me one time, he said, Rick, always remember we are one broken wire on a Sunday morning. We're one broken wire away from going home. Absolutely. Wow. And you think about that, but you think about that at a different level. We are one person away from just going home. Wow. Because we are so, every part is, it's like a, all the gears have to function right. And that's not because we're looking for perfection. No, that's not it. But we're saying every member is a minister. Yes. Every member matters. Every person on this team is important to do their part. Otherwise, there's just a letdown in a Sunday morning. And when there's a letdown, we're just not ministering to people and blessing them at the level we could. Absolutely. You know, something I think about, Kenny, is um, what if there's, I have this tr- this little fantasy that somewhere out there is is a is a person that just is a phenomenal talent. They just haven't sung in a while. It was high school, but I mean, they may be a little rusty, but give them a couple months, put them in choir, stuff like that. They're they're good to go. How would you encourage the person that you know used to be in a rock band in high school or college, and but they put that away because you know life happened, right. or they they sang in choirs? What, what would you encourage them to do? You know, there's one of the great things about our choir here is it's non-auditioned, which means which means all you have to do is show up on Wednesday nights when we. Uh, in the fall and the spring when we're doing choir and just join choir. If you don't know which part you sing, we'll help you figure that out. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things I love, I, folks all the time come up to me and say, you know, I'm thinking about playing the acoustic guitar. Great, I would love for you to play. Come play for me. Let me let me hear what you're doing. I've done this long enough that, uh, that I may be able to help you. If I can't, we've got such great talent here that I know somebody who can. Yeah. And so if you're interested in doing that, if you're interested in rekindling one of those talents, we can help you with that. We would love to help you with that. Yeah. Absolutely. But of course, there's a cost to that, right? The the cost of playing means what? <laughs> I mean, not just rehearsal time, but what what else does that mean? Well, you know, the, you're going to take time away from your family. You're going to you're going to have to spend time working on it. You're going to have to, um, you know, you're going to have to get a little bit out of yourself and allow yeah. yourself to play in front of people, which yeah. is which is not easy. Um, and then there's a lot of time in preparation. Our, our teams really spend time preparing everything we do so that uh, when we show up and when, we, when we're leading worship that you're not listening to the guitar player you know, plumping on the different song than we are. You're, you're hearing the message of these songs. So it does have a cost. And that's a great way to say it. Yeah. Sort of great. Well, I think also the musicians, singers, we, we can tend to be a little uh, self uh, self absorbed or yes. self conscious. Self conscious. Thank you. And and so uh, and maybe we we've we've learned to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. But part of the sometimes it's hard, but it's good. It's good practice of saying, "Look, I I need to remember I'm a part of a team. Yes. That this is not about me. And yes. there are times when I can step out and do my thing, but more ninety nine percent of the time, I just need to harmonize in a way that is balanced." with all the other singers, or I need to just literally play my part. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it is a team. It's it, it would be like a football team. If the left tackle decided all of a sudden he was going to be the quarterback, it, it, the team's not going to do well. We all have to work together. We all have to blend together. And I think we all also all have to be incredibly gracious to each other. Right. Which 
is one of the great things about grace. We are very gracious. Okay. All right, Sean, today I'm going to turn the tables on you because ah. if you will listen very carefully, Sean, you will hear music. And you know what that means. That's right. It it's is. time for Sean's quote of the week. Yes, ah, yes, ah, but I, I love hearing that music. So Kenny's saying, I don't hear music. <laughs> You'll hear oh, it. So Sean, <laughs> Sean, what is the quote of the week? Okay, so this comes from David Crowder's book, Praise Habit, which uh, actually Michelle, uh, Michelle, well, she's now Pruitt, but Michelle, yeah, Michelle Pruitt gave it to me uh, a long time ago. And so anyway, this, this is what it says. Praise is fundamentally a responding to the initiations uh, and and in oh wait intimations of god the way of living praise sets out to find god's revelation to carry out god's intentions for his creation into our everyday comings and goings and so you know i think that that praise is so important because it's kind of like to me it's like um the masonry or cement that fills in the cracks of the big blocks, it gives it gives meaning or it adds meaning to the big blocks of say salvation uh, or my mission in this world or or this particular part of discipleship in terms of relearning or being mended in my heart uh, or or repentance. I have, I have to do a, a work of repentance, and so the songs help lead me in my theology, my understanding of, of what God is teaching me to why did he save me? And and what does this mean about God's character, how I respond to God's omniscience or his omnipotence? And so, yeah, that's what I love about that. Great quote from David Crowder. Yes, all right. So, by the way, Dave Crowder does a lot. Of, well, he was in the 90s, big, big <laughs> praise guy. He still does stuff, but okay, all right. Well, now it's my turn to say, Rick, what else is going on here at Grace? Well, this Sunday we begin our new sermon series for the summer, and it's called Leader Shift. Mm. Leader Shift. And what I'm going to talk about in this series, we're actually going to go through the, what's called the pastorals, which is 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And we're going to go through, through the summer, and we're going to listen to the Apostle Paul mentor his next-gen leaders, hmm. Timothy and Titus. And this this series is really all about generational leadership transitions. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a parent, you are, you are responsible for handing down your faith to the next generation. Right. How do you do that? How do we make those generational leadership changes in the church? Uh, the people who are leading ministries now, leading small groups now, how do they hand it off to the next generation so that the ministry doesn't die with them? Hmm. So we're going to learn very practical ways that Paul is instructing these young guys that he has mentored, discipleshiped over the years. And uh, he's going to say, okay, guys, I'm not going to be around forever. You're going to be the leaders. Here's how you do it. So we're yeah. going to look at about 12 or 13 very specific ways of, of being a good leader and how do you do that leader shift mm. from generation to generation. I'm feeling you. It sounds like leadership, but it's leadership. Shift, as in yes. shifting. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, also Sunday night, class 401, discovering missions. And uh, you, you can come and you, wait a minute, I don't want to be a missionary. 
No, no, come and learn how you can be a missionary in your family, in your neighborhood, at work, at school. And it's, it's always a lot of fun. People learn a great deal and come out of class 401 a little more intentional about being a missionary for God. Yeah. So yeah. that's Sunday night. And and kind of the cool thing is that we will have our 401 pastor on board at that time as well. Who so is the 401? That means our mission evangelism pastor. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Acosta is coming on staff. He's been our global missionary in Latin America for many, many years. And God has led him back here to the States uh, to be our 401 missions pastor. Fantastic. All right. Well, Kenny, thank you so much for being here today. Rick, thank you. And audience, thank you so much for joining us on Living Your Dash. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at roswellgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to roswellgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.